Hello, and welcome to this week's podcast episode of Of the Comics, By the Comics, For the Comics. Get ready for a peek behind the curtain. This is a podcast where we create a virtual green room and hear comedians' new material and unheard industry stories. All of our episodes are recorded during a live virtual show, which we would love for you to join. Information to join a live show is located in the episode description. I'm your host, Pat Truer, and today we have an amazing lineup of comedians. Sabim Sadiq, Dario Durham, Steve Solberg, Angel Gaines, and Eric Rivera. If you are new to comedy, this is going to be a helpful episode for you as we dive into what these veteran comedians share about what they wish they knew when they first started, as well as the big lessons that they've learned over the course of their careers. I gotta say, this this one was a lot of fun, and, and even if you're Far further along the path in comedy. You don't have to be a beginner to appreciate the lessons learned. You don't even have to be a comedian to appreciate the lessons learned by the comedians uh, in this episode. So uh, if you haven't figured it out by now, or if you're a first-time listener, you're about to listen to uh, an episode that was previously recorded, which means you are going to hear another introduction from me. If you are just interested in hearing about the lessons learned and the group banter, you can fast forward to halfway through the episode. If you want to hear the whole thing and hear the comedian's five-minute sets, well, that's what we're going to do. So, let's get started. Ladies and gentlemen, they themselves, welcome to Of the Comics, By the Comics, For the Comics. Very happy to have everybody here. I'm Pat Shurum, I'm going to be your host. Got a couple repeat viewers. Thank you very much. Really excited. We have some. We have a couple return guests this evening. We have some new guests. So very excited for this evening's episode. Again, I'm still coming to you from the Swedish spa. Sven has fed me a glass of wine this evening. It's going to be delightful. Uh, you know, and for we our first time viewers today, uh, it's uh, what we're going to start. We're going to hear about what the comedians have been up to in the first half of the show and the second half of the show. We're going to hear like kind of a general roundtable conversation about comedy and experiences and stories that people have had, uh, the people, the performers on the show have had. So uh, I'm very excited. And uh, some of you, I understand this might be your first virtual comedy show. And you're like, well, what is this all going to be about? Well, it's going to be pretty weird. Uh, it's going to be a little awkward. <laughs> uh, things have been a little bit different. We've had to adjust this year. I, I just got, this is not a joke. I just got off of a virtual show uh, where a woman in the audience had drawn uh, pieces on pieces of paper. If she didn't like a joke, she drew a, a dog taking a poop and that said bad joke underneath it. She just put it up to the screen. And if she, she thought a joke was like well thought out, she got a picture of a brain. So she clearly had a lot of time. So anyways, uh, <laughs> we, we've learned to adjust to this. Uh, Eric, you just pointed your finger. Yeah, at I, I don't want to interrupt here, but why are you giving this new audience ideas? Why would you? <laughs> oh. at the last show, they drew dog poop. To tell us <laughs> bad, why would you throw that out there? <laughs> <laughs> Just you know what, buddy? Because I excel at making things weird, like okay. I was telling you. <laughs> so, uh, listen, I'm uh, I'm so excited to have all the performers. We have some very talented individuals here. So, uh, I just want to hear about what everybody's been going through. Uh, our first performer, uh, Sabim Sadiq, coming out of Chicago, Illinois, in the process of possibly moving, uh, has been a staple on many of the shows. She's been wonderful. Her and I work together a lot in Chicago. She uh, helped me out by performing on a lot of the charity shows we put on. And I know I'm a great person. Thank you very much. And uh, <laughs> so, uh, anyways, uh, Sabim is just. Uh, I, I, 
really have enjoyed getting to know you even more uh, over the course of this year. And, and I, you've started to have some rumblings about dating. How has dating life been, Sabim, during the quarantine? Okay. Thank you for asking, Pat. Love working together. It's all been some cool stuff. I also do love this show because I feel like it is so much more chill and like, just really, we are just hanging out. Um, I, okay. So I've been talking to this guy on zoom and like, we hadn't like, you know, we haven't met and it's like, it's, I feel like it's like talking to a guy you haven't met is like being pregnant and waiting till the end to see the baby, you know, like, <laughs> You know, because like instead of like a gender reveal party, it's like a height reveal party. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but like it sucks though, because like you can end things with your weird date that you know you don't like, but you can't end things with your new ugly baby. So it's like, <laughs> I think it's okay. I think I'll be okay, is what I'm saying. Um, but like you know, like I like I'm a Muslim person, so like arranged marriage is like a big thing for us, right? Um, but like not, not in my family. Like, I don't know wh where things went wrong, but like, I'm 30 and not married and like, no one cares. Like, that's <laughs> what it's been like. Like, do you know how weird it is to like go to like family friend parties and like, I have to bring up arranged marriage, you know, like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I'll, like walk in, like anybody want to give me a hand? Then, you know, anybody? They all look down at their food and I'm like, yeah, okay. All right, cool. <laughs> I've aged out, you know, I'm 30 now. That's, that's probably why. Like, I don't know. Arranged marriage is fine. And I'm, you know, cousin marriage still happens. And I like, it's funny. Cause like, I'm okay with the cousin marriage. Like when it's not happening to me, that's what it is. You know, <laughs> to me, I'm like, ew, that's disgusting. But I'm like, oh, you're doing it. So vintage, like <laughs> really vintage of you. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I'm yeah, things are things are good. But I just feel like once I turned 30, I became a house cat. I feel like that's what's happened to me. Like, you know, like I'm always shedding. I sleep most of the day, and when people are over, my owners lock me up. So it's like <laughs> at my parents' house. Um, I don't know. Like I've been trying to stay sane. The only thing I could think of was let's adopt a cat. So I did that. That's what I did. Um, and he's really cute. He's a Himalayan, like real fluffy guy. Uh because I needed something thicker than tissue to cry into. So <laughs> really nice. I love him so much, but he does stuff like he'll pee in the shower and it's like, buddy, that's my litter box. Like, what are you doing? Like, <laughs> you know, he's sweet. He loves, he loves snacking, but um, nothing store-bought. He's like, you know, I only want stuff from the house, like rubber bands or silica gel. That's his. <laughs> <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. He'll probably last a year, but so will COVID. So it kind of like balances each other out. You know, that's all I need. <laughs> he gets it. He knows his place. Um, I don't know. I, uh, yeah, I'm like a Pakistani Muslim person. I, I feel like I have to say that to people because I know you're all looking at me like, now nah, you're a conservative Latina. That's your face. <laughs> <laughs> no one's worried about me in arranged marriage. They're like, how was your quinceanera? How was that? Tell us. Um, <laughs> I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm also, I'm like, I'm not woke though. You know, I'm kind of like a, like, I'm kind of like a Malala, but dumb. <laughs> Cause like she writes books and I wrote this. So that's how we compare, you know, <laughs> how that is. 
Um, but now nah, I feel like we're both doing God's work. Okay. Cause like she's out there helping kids get an education and I am a backup nanny. So <laughs> <laughs> the same stuff. I love it. I love kids so much. I just want to know why all kids under seven sound like they're from Boston, you know? Like, Miss Sabine, are you 40 or 80? I don't get it. And the confidence, like, 40 or 80. It's like, why are you so sure of yourself? I'm 30. So- <laughs> I just got, like, there's no grays right now, Claire. Like, how dare you? <laughs> annoying. Children are annoying, and I love them. I don't know. I feel like nannying is about like having a pet in someone else's house, you know, <laughs> I'll take her on walks. I'll tell her she's a good girl and then I'll scoop up her poop from the yard. So, <laughs> All right. You guys, that has been very fun. Thank you so much for having me. And that's my time. All right. So thank you so much for your 80 gets me every single time. <laughs> every single time. I've heard it no less than a hundred times and it still cracks yeah. me up. So. <laughs> You heard it a lot. Great job, Sabine. All right. Uh, our next performer I'm very excited about coming out of Chicago, Illinois. His name is Dario Durham. He is a real friend of mine, not just a virtual friend of mine. And, uh, buddy, I'm going to bring you on the screen here. We have, uh, we've had a lot of conversations about how we've had very different but very similar upbringings. Uh, and one of the things is that, like, we both grew up with uh, with uh, friends only of the same skin color. And then we, like, started to have friends of different skin colors. And one of your first white friends was named is Mike and I was wondering if you might be able to tell us about old Mike tonight buddy <laughs> oh yeah I could I could tell you about Mike uh Mike was a good dude um you know like is this is this part of my this is not part of my five is it yeah yeah look you know what's crazy you know what's crazy is uh <laughs> so so first of all thank you Pat for letting me be your uh one of your main black friends um <laughs> like, so, <laughs> like, this, this is it's truly an honor uh, it's really kind of, I, I love always hanging out with Pat, but yeah, I'm gonna tell you about Mike. Mike was my first white friend, right? Okay, so and I want y'all to know, understand some things, yo. So, uh, there's three types of mics in your life, okay? Uh, uh, there's there's Mike, uh, who I'm gonna talk about. Mike is a bad kid, gonna get you in detention every now and then. You might miss some homework, whatever. There's Michael, he's a nerd, you ain't got nothing to worry about, you know, he's good, you know. Then there's Mikey, Mikey is a mob <laughs> member. He definitely gonna get you killed. You know? You're gonna be you're gonna get caught up in some shit. All right, you know what I mean? Like, you're gonna get caught up in some stuff. All right, look. So I met Mike, right? I met Mike, moved out to Orland Park. Uh for if you're not from Chicago, it's a very white suburb. All right. You know, like like Pat said, I grew up on the south side of Chicago. If you saw a white person, they was definitely lost looking for directions. Right? So, <laughs> so, so so look, I met Mike, right? Uh, Carl Sandberg, met Mike. Mike came up to me, man. He was talking to me, blah, 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 you know, whatever. He, he invited me over to his house, man. I looked up to Mike, right? Mike let me play video games, man. And this is where I found out, not only did I meet my first white friend, but there's different types of white people. You know what I mean? Like, and this Mike was Italian. His family was Italian. And I don't know if y'all really paid attention to Italian whites, but they close to black people. Like, they close, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> If I had to compromise with the white population, they'd be they'd be they'd be the ones that they run her up, all right? You know. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> we, in a, we we upstairs playing video games, right? We playing. Uh, it was it was the late '90s. We was playing WWE on Nintendo 64. Oh, yeah. uh, Mike's mom she screams upstairs, "Mikey, you and your little boyfriend come downstairs. It's dinner time." <laughs> 
I looked at Mike. I said, Mike, I know you ain't told how I'm your boyfriend. You know what I mean? Like, like I ain't. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I grew up in the 90s. I ain't, we ain't talked like that where I came from. You know what I mean? <laughs> it's, it's a different time. You know what I mean? But then he goes like this. Out of nowhere, he, he goes, Mom, shut the fuck up. Me and Dario are playing WWE. <laughs> I was like, Mike, slow down. First of all, I'm hungry. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, like I'm hungry. <laughs> we ain't got no food in my house, so I'm trying to eat here. You know what I mean? Like, so Mike was crazy, all right? Mike was crazy. But you know what? He was influenced. I tried it when I got home. I tried it when I got home. My mama, if y'all don't know, she black. She different. You know what I mean? Like, she she don't play that same shit, all right? So I'm sitting. So I'm in my room. I'm playing video games. But it wasn't, it wasn't Nintendo 64. I was still on the regular Nintendo. My mama didn't have a lot of money. You know what I mean? So, like, we still playing. I'm still playing with the quarter thing, right? We sitting there playing, boom, boom, boom. My mom goes, hey, Dario, come downstairs. It's time to eat. <laughs> I said, what? She said, hold on. <laughs> All I heard next, y'all, was this. Up the stairs. I was scared as hell, y'all. All I did, I, I bagged up from the door. I locked the door. All right, look, I locked it. I was like, look, <laughs> if I'm going to go out, it's going to be, she got to come through for us. All right? You know? <laughs> So she, I could tell she was mad as hell, y'all. Mad as hell. She put her ear up to the, she put her head to the door and I put mine to the door. And this is how I know she was at the door because all I heard was that heavy ass breath. She was like, <sighs> loud as hell in the fucking door, right? And all y'all know the scene in Jurassic Park, right? Where the dinosaurs, <laughs> you, know, like, <laughs> you look underneath the door, you can see the shadows and some steam come up. Like, I swear, in my head. <laughs> That's what I saw, right? So I thought back, I thought back, I said, hey, look, we, I went to CPS. They had their class. They had all kinds of assemblies. They said, in case of emergency, this is what you want to do. You put your hand on the back of the door. You feel if it's hot or not, right? <laughs> so I did just that, my stupid butt. I put my hand on the back of the door. My mom goes, Dario, I said, no, mom, you sound mad. <laughs> you know, she look. First of all, she lost her shit, y'all. She lost her. I, long story short, I got a whooping. If, if that's what y'all was wondering, where is this leading to? I got my ass beat pretty bad. Like it was, it was, it was a bad butt whooping, right? You know what I mean, it was like, it was one of them ones where this was the, this was the late nineties. It was almost two thousand, right? Uh, it was almost one of the ones where I, you wish a year like twenty twenty would have happened earlier because you would have been like, I know how to deal with this. You know what I mean? Like I wouldn't lock that door. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I would, we, I would have been better prepared. You know what I mean? If you y'all know, um, y'all know like twenty twenty bad year, right? We, we ain't got to get into it. It was a ridiculous year for a lot of people. Yada yada yada. We get it. Uh, but y'all ever play Super Mario since I was talking about video games? <laughs> you ever play Super Mario, like the old one, uh, where you like where you had to go through the, the boards and you had to beat Mario, beat uh, Koopa, and you get the board eight, and board eight is hard. That's the last level. And you lost your big on board seven four, and now you small Mario. You ever, you ever, y'all been to that? <laughs> yeah. That's what I feel like we went into 2021 like. <laughs> like we went into, we went into 2021 small Mario. Uh, in my case, small Dario. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's wild. It's wild because like, what'd you say? Uh, what'd you say when you playing the game? You was like, I think I could do it. You know what I mean? <laughs> like that's, that's how we went into this. If I remember anything, I'm gonna get out on this. Uh, if I remember anything from uh, 2020, um, it was it was this. A lot of bad stuff. Race re, uh, race relations was all over the place. It was crazy. I remember one significant thing. Y'all know Serena Williams. <laughs> Serena oh, yeah. Williams, famous tennis player. Do y'all know her daughter? Two years old is the youngest owner of a sports team. Did y'all know that? This is a true story. This is a true story. When I first heard this, all I heard was. Black people will put bills in their kids' name no matter what. I swear. It's like, <laughs> 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 it's, 
it is no reason. It is no reason for that little girl to have a bill in her name at two years old owning the team. You, she gonna turn eighteen. She gonna get a collection notice from like. Could you imagine the Chicago Bulls call you up talking about? Hey, look, what can you put on this right now? Or else they gonna be playing outside. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> that's out of control. <laughs> hey, y'all, that's my time. I appreciate you. Thank you, Pat. <laughs> All right, Dario. Fantastic, Dario. Thank you so much. Hey, listen, at home, we encourage you to applaud. Many people are like, Pat, is that awkward for you, clapping by yourself? No, not at all. I do it every day after I tie my shoes, brush my teeth. Tremendous confidence booster. And for our repeat viewers, you hear me say it every time. Uh, <laughs> uh, listen, I'm, I'm so excited about our, our next uh, performer, uh, Steve Solberg out of Utah. Uh, one of the first men that I reached out to over the internet over the past year that I never met before. For, which is a hobby that uh, I, I became a hobby of mine. Uh, so it's the second time on the show. And uh, Steve, I know you've been real active uh, physically and you're working a lot with comedy. You're doing in-person shows. But during the pandemic, uh, what have been some of the things that you've been doing to relax or to ease some tension? Yeah, because uh, I mean, let's be honest, it's been a little bit crazy, right? I I'll, also I like the fact that the first three we're all alliteration comics with Sabine Sadiq and, and Dario Durman and, <laughs> and Steve Stolberg. I, uh, I mean, Dario's right. Like it was an intense year. And, and what's crazy to me too, is I find myself like still feeling that level of intensity because it's like, we had stuff to get worked out and, and we had to be like active and, and, and trying to, make change happen and all that and i got worked up but then i i don't know if i've worked myself back down to where i'm like normal i'm still like amped up and i'm getting like it, what's sad is that i've had to take a break actually from the internet i'm like okay look don't just stop it because i'm going into conversations at this level that it doesn't make any sense i'm going in and they're like talking about star wars or something and I'm freaking out like Luke shouldn't have thrown the lightsaber over his shoulder. And they're like, what? <laughs> Who do you? And I'm like, I will die on this hill. This is important. <laughs> and they're like, I don't think nobody cares. And I'm like, fire Kathleen Kennedy. I don't care. And I, I lose my mind. <laughs> And I'm like, I don't really actually care. I don't really care who does what and whatever. Throw whatever you want over your shoulder. It's really not that important. But I'm so, like, tense. I'm trying to detense. Like, and, and so I've been, like, <laughs> like going to get massages, right? Uh, but the, the, the whole thing about getting a massage, like, you don't even know. They don't tell you this ahead of time. We all think we go to get a massage from a masseuse. And that's a fun word to say because it has U's and S's in it. And that's just fun. <laughs> and you go, I'm going to go to a masseuse. And they're like, uh, massage therapist. <laughs> I'm a massage therapist. And you're like, so I can tell you my problems? Why Why do you have to be a therapist? Like, what? <laughs> and, and also, like I said, I, I enjoy saying masseuse. In my mind, somebody who's a masseuse would maybe like further their education, right? They go and they get their doctorate and you could go and visit, you know, Dr. Masseuse. And <laughs> I, I would love that to visit Dr. Masseuse and Dr. Masseuse would be like, would you, could you get up on this table? <laughs> are you doing what I think you're doing, Dr. Masseuse? And they'll be like, try it, try it if you are able. <laughs> Relaxation for you is key, but first, 
you must undress for me. <laughs> that, <laughs> that's the creepy part of Dr. Masseuse, right? They always say it like it's so casual. They're like, I'll rub you here, I'll rub you there, but first, uh, take off that underwear. And you're like, <laughs> I'm not ready for this, Dr. Masseuse. And they, they don't explain anything. They, they say it so casually where they, they have you undressed and then they leave. Well, no, sorry. They say undress. They leave for too long, actually, because what happens if they say undress? I do it very quickly uh, because I don't want them to come back in the room in the middle of me undressing. So, so I undress real quick, but then they're gone too long and I start to panic. I'm like, wait, 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 wait. Did I hear them right? Did I? What if what if I just misheard them and now I'm naked in the room and they come back in and they're like, what, what are you doing? <laughs> They've explained nothing to me. I'm naked in the room. I'm like panicking, putting my socks back on like what? I don't know what to do. I don't want to look weird. And then they come back in and she's like, oh, my gosh, the hole is for your face. And you're like, well, you should have said I had no idea. <laughs> <laughs> didn't explain anything about how this table is to be sat on. And then they, they start with more questions like, uh, what pressure level do you like? Oh, uh, 15 PSI? I don't know. What, what do you mean? <laughs> what pressure level? I had no idea. It was my first massage. So I said, uh, medium. Touch me medium, please. <laughs> how I like salsa. Maybe it's how I like massages. And she starts touching me medium. And I immediately yelled out, mild. Touch me mild. <laughs> <laughs> You you guys serve a very spicy medium. <laughs> I wasn't ready for that. I need it. Uh, muy less picante. And the whole <laughs> massage, I'm just like a little softer, little little softer, like like a like a ketchup. Do you get what I'm talking about on the scale? Just like because <laughs> what's stupid is I'm ticklish, and it feels uh, like there's an age limit to be ticklish, and I guess I'm past that age, and so I can't admit it. <laughs> And so instead of being like, hey, I'm, I'm taking let's just be gentle. I, I fight it off. I'm like gripping the table and I'm getting more tense. She's like, relax. <laughs> oh, I am. And I'm biting into this like <laughs> toilet lid thing that I got my face in. Right. And my toes, they start going like this. I'm like, what are you, what are you doing, toes? And they're like, getting rid of tickles. <laughs> no. <laughs> You look like a tiny dog being held over a bathtub. That's what you look like. Just like if we drop, <laughs> we swim. We're ready. We're ready. Eventually, I couldn't handle it. And I yelled out. I, I for real just said, stop it. Quit touching me. She's like, oh, OK, uh, we have a half hour left. What do you what, what do you want to do with your half hour? I was like, just rub all around my body. Just rub my aura. <laughs> <laughs> While you and me listen to Anya together, just going, feeling <laughs> <laughs> that aura felt pretty good. Uh, hey, that's my time. Thank you guys so much for laughing. All right, Nate <laughs> Solberg, fantastic. All right, our next performer, I'm very excited. Angel Gaines coming out of Los Angeles, California. Angel was introduced to me by uh, Brian Kiley, a terrific comedian, uh, and it's been an absolute delight working with Angel. Uh, Angel happens to be a teacher, and so this is uh, something I, la I like to ask everybody, but really just because you're a teacher, Angel, I do want to ask, uh, during this past year, have you learned any new things this year, Angel? <laughs> Yes, I have. Thank you for having me here today. I have to tell you, I thought the pandemic was going to be a great time for me to learn how to cook. And I did. I learned how to cook crab. 
Exactly. And that's what I learned new. Here's what I didn't expect to happen. That when I got to the store to get all the ingredients, that this thing is alive. Okay. It's moving. I was like, wait, um, hold on. <laughs> I was like at the store, I was like, um, I'm here to get crab. I thought that it was just frozen, but apparently I watched the live crab cooking video and the thing is moving and I, and I bought it. And y'all, when I got in the car, I didn't realize the trauma that comes with buying a live animal to eat. And I literally was in my back seat with the crab, you know, moving and scratching the bag. <laughs> and I was like driving like I ain't going to be able to do this. <laughs> and I got nervous. I was looking at my review mirror. I thought the cop was going to pull me over. I was trying to think of excuses. I felt like a kidnapper, you know, like uh -huh. the energy of knowing this thing don't want to be here with you, you know? Finally get home. It's nothing like the video. The video had the pot boiling and the people are talking. YouTube is a trap, guys. It's more trauma to cooking than that. So I boiled the pot. Everything got all the seasoned ingredients, y'all. You, you, the cardinal rule, number one, you can't do when you're trying to cook food. Do not give it eye contact. Do not give it eye contact. Bottom line is... Sebastian is alive and well. He's in the kitchen. <laughs> I can't do it. I'm not a killer. I can't do it. I'm not doing it. You know, I was like, listen, I feed a plankton. He's a great pet. Easy maintenance. It's just what it is. So I got a crab for quarantine, you know. Also, um, I learned how to like organize and reorganize your house from watching YouTube during quarantine. And those of you know, we were home, we were looking at our place, we we're like, wow, this is a nasty place, right? Because you're not home enough to really feel it. So I learned that there's a store called the Container Store. <laughs> I don't know if y'all know about this place. Listen, it's amazing. Rich people got all kinds of amenities. A Container <laughs> Store. It's a store that sell nothing but empty containers. I was like, wait a minute. I went to the store. I wrote down all the stuff from the thing. The lady said, you need this, you need that, whatever. Okay, fine. Go to the container store. Each container is like $35 each and it's empty. That did it, right? I get, I get like six of these containers and I'm in the line like, should I buy this? Should? I was like, no, you grown. You got this. You could do it. I bring home these containers where I done dropped $475 in the container store and realized ain't nothing going in these containers worth $475. <laughs> I said, wait a minute. I think I'm supposed to upgrade my life. I think rich people put like Chanel and, you know, expensive things, Gucci. And I'm sitting over here putting in Walgreens makeup. I'm like, I don't think this is supposed to... I got to level up differently. This isn't working. <laughs> and I realize that I'm still a little, you know, on the poverty side because I'm still a, a school teacher and y'all know we make $400 a month. So I was just really <laughs> glad to, you know, have my job. And some of the woes of teaching y'all are the exact like things you would never realize, like kids' names. Kids' names give me anxiety. You understand? Because these millennials, they just so creative now. They just naming their kids all kind of stuff. Like, if you look now, all these new celebrities having babies, they have all these abstract names like Libra, Rich, and, and like um, Coffee, you know, Canon, and all kind of stuff. Like, what? <laughs> Y'all, they also put all these syllables together and, and name their child names like Shandwella. 
Right. What is that? Don't it sound like some kind of species at Seawall or something like the Shan Dwellers? Her name is Shan Dweller. Not only is it crazy, but her mom spells it crazy. They just watch this. Capital S-H-A hyphen capital D-W at sign L-I asterisk E-I-N-E-I-E-I-O. You know what I mean? Like, what in the world, right? I looked at the girl's name after I was trying to figure it out. I said, baby, is this your name or your mama computer password? <laughs> Don't make no sense to me at all. I mean, teaching is just that difficult, guys. And, and when your kid named that hard, they never get student of the month, in case you were wondering. <laughs> but back to you, Pat, because that's what I'm learning new, honey. <laughs> All right, Angel Gates, terrific. Angel, uh, I dated a girl whose family was from the East Coast, and they invited me over for lobster night, which I, was, <laughs> I thought was going to be a celebration. And uh, they go, hey, Pat, so here's what we do. We're going to put the lobsters on the floor, and we're going to have a race with them, like with the race, two inches of a race. And they go, okay. And so the winner is the last one to die. And I was like, this is just like a very uncomfortable version of the Hunger Games. I don't like this. <laughs> I, don't, I don't like lobster ever since. Okay, Pat, enough, we get it. <laughs> All right. Uh, our next performer, uh, Eric Rivera, uh, another guy that I reached out to over the internet that I haven't yet met that I'm very excited for. Uh, we met through Mal Hall, who's, uh, they're, they're two good buddies. They put on a lot of great shows together. And uh, Eric was a guest on Comedians in Quarantine uh, having cocktails, uh, as was uh, many of our performers tonight. So, uh, Eric, you've been very busy. And uh, I know you're a married man. And I understand that you and your wife recently had an anniversary is that correct that that is correct pat I, I i hope i hope we make it uh me and her uh listen <laughs> <laughs> this pandemic has been it's been tough been, I, not just my marriage ever all marriage we need to restructure vows i'm gonna say this because better worse sickness and health broke ass like all that was covered but <laughs> pandemic. pandemic is a whew, pandemic is hard and it changes everything it changes just little things like you didn't we took for granted like chit chat you remember chit chat where you just talk about nothing you we don't have that no more my wife would go to work i go to work come back oh how's your day like she tries to have that chit chat still and say, how was your day like, what how was my day you sat right there all day and watched me. You know how my day was. We were stuck together in the house. You talk about how was my day? She tries. I, I bless her little heart. How was lunch? I made I made us lunch. It's the same lunch. It's like prison. We ate the same thing. It was a dry sandwich because I'm not gonna risk my life to go get mayonnaise. All right, that's how it was. <laughs> It's changing the whole dynamic. Like I, she used to go to work during the day. I do stand up at night. I used to have alone time. I don't have alone time. Pat, I haven't, I haven't pooped since March of last year. <laughs> <laughs> She's always around. She's always around. I go to the bathroom. I come out. She's just standing there. Like, what are you doing? I, 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 I thought you called me. No, I didn't call you. Go sit down in your corner. I'm gonna go back to my corner. <laughs> I would say uh, it, it also changes arguments. You can't argue no more. You remember arguments? Because now you, you're stuck in this house. Like, there's nowhere to go. Like, I, this was my move uh, pre-pandemic. I would I would pack a bag. I would, we'd argue. I'd pack a bag and go to my friend's house. And I know there's some young people here. Like, why didn't you just go to a hotel? Listen, uh, I, I'm married to the woman. We have joint checking accounts. She's like FBI. She'll find me. Holds <laughs> <laughs> through our accounts to, to to fight about stuff I've eaten on the road. What you have? 
you what, you ate steak? Like, hold up. <laughs> What's happening right now? Uh, so I would go to my friend's house, boom, and that was it. Like, now I wait for it to cool off. But now I can't, you can't go nowhere. I got to an argument the other day. I start packing a bag. There's nothing worse than watching your wife smirk at you and, and, and ask you, where are you going to go? Everything's on lockdown. Where are you going to go? And then watch you unpack that same bag while she's heckling you. Like, you better unpack that attitude while you're at it. I don't know what you thought you was doing. I hope we make it, Pat. I hope we do. Uh, we, we also have kids. Yay. Uh, <laughs> they're, they're, they're always around, too. I, I know Angel said she was a school teacher. Angel, when, when this pandemic is over, I'm going to mouth kiss all teachers. <laughs> Even you. you you're, you're saints. You're saints. I know you were complaining, but you're saints. Teachers, like, I never understood it before. It's like, oh, teachers underpaid. And I'd be like, I don't I don't know. But now, they you deserve all the money. All the money. All of it. All of it. Teachers take on 30s, 30 kids, 30 strangers kids, and they and they keep them alive. They teach them stuff. They clean them up. Like I, I'm only dealing with two and and I can't stand them and they're mine. Like I can't stand these two and they're mine. And and people like Angel traveling the world and just taking care of our children. Like I cannot wait for schools to open up. But I'm also I'm also terrified because I know I'm gonna get a phone call on day two. Uh, with the teacher going, what did you do? This kid is dumber <laughs> than when we handed him off to you. <laughs> yeah, I shouldn't. I shouldn't be teaching second grade. Like y'all been with me now for a couple minutes. You know, I should not. Be <laughs> my mother, <laughs> my mother has offered to come live with us to help teach the children, but my mother's a mess, and I don't. I don't trust her with my kids. I, I, I don't even trust her by herself. Like I don't know if anybody else can think of, like I'm I'm nervous for my mother's well-being. Like when this whole pandemic started, I would call her. Like you cannot tell an old Latin woman what to do. Like mom, make sure you got your mask on. Take these vitamins, mijo. Please, I come to this country. I'm alive. Like all right, listen. No, this is a pandemic. Stop it. Right? This is what she told me. She goes, mijo, don't worry. I'm okay because I am no longer eating the Chinese food. I said, "What? Hold on. What? What did you just say? Um, that's not how you catch that. No more mijo. No more PF in the house. No more Mongolian chicken." I was like, "All right, I, I'm worried about you. Uh, put the Vicks down. And go see a doctor." Uh, <laughs> uh, thank you so much, God. Thank you, Pat. Yeah. Oh, Eric Rivera, fantastic. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, now for the smoothest transition in the history of uh, online shows. Uh, so uh, all our performers, uh, I, I gave them a preset question. And we want to just share like some of the stories they've had from uh, just their comedy careers. And so we're going to bring everybody on the screen all at once. And uh, so I'm going to take care of that right now. And the question I have for tonight's show to kick us off for the second half is uh, what is something that you wish uh, someone had told you early in your comedy career that would have helped you a lot. Uh, and you know, Eric, you just went buddy. So why don't you start? Uh, I, the, the advice I wish people would have given me is, uh, don't pick up Pat's phone calls. Uh, Pat, <laughs> no. <laughs> 
No, Pat, you've been great. By the way, Pat, I love that when this whole thing started, you had a nice background behind you. Now you look like you're hiding out from the FBI in a shed. <laughs> what is happening? Are you okay, Pat? I'm at my house instead of the office. That's all that's going on. Thank you for calling my house a piece of shit. No, I tell you, dude, I've been, when we first started, you had like a nice office layout. And I was like, oh, wow, these are perfect. Now Pat's just, listen, I'm in, I'm in the garage. Listen, things are, are not going well. Uh, I really like this wall. <laughs> all right so aside from not answering my phone calls what's something you wish someone had said? I, I, I wish i wish somebody would have just told me how much business there is in comedy because when you first start comedy it's like oh it's jokes this is hilarious this is great there's a rock star life and there's a lot of business that goes into it because i get that question all the time like what well, if your kids want going to comedy we can tell them take a business class because uh you're a one-person business and listen, I grew up, I, my, my family was not good at business. So I just, I used to do dumb things with money all the time. I'm, I'm broke. I'm broke. My wife's got money. I, I live here. <laughs> so uh, yeah, take some business courses. Take some business. Angel, you're nodding your head uh, when uh, Eric was saying that. Uh, what do you think about that? Oh, absolutely. I, I think if uh, I had to go back and get new advice, it would be, to understand that you're supposed to do your material over and over and over again. Like I thought in the beginning of comedy that you just need to be on like stage once a week. That was enough. <laughs> and I'll never forget the comedians were like, Oh, we're going to this spot and this spot. And they were like, you coming? I was like, no, I just performed. Like we're done. Right. They're like, No, I was like, Oh, so yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that there was a work ethic to this. <laughs> <laughs> when did that come around for you? Say again? When did that come around for you? I think it came around once people started seeing me and asking me to perform and then do the same thing you did when we saw you. And I was like, oh, you want to do that again? Oh, okay. So that's when I really put two and two together that like it's an act, right? When they would say, take this act on the road or take this show on the road it didn't click for me so I didn't have a lot of like background knowledge of um what it's like to be in show business I just liked stand up and mm -hmm. so now that's why I nod my head with Eric like yeah it's a business to this but most importantly there's a work ethic and a practice that you have to adopt early on Dara you got a strong work ethic buddy you were nodding a lot with both Erica and <laughs> hey, look, I'll tell you work ethic man uh, I'm from the South side. All I've been doing is working. So <laughs> <laughs> you got to work to survive. Uh, honestly, um, I was sitting there thinking this is this is a little bit abstract, man. But like if if people could do it, uh, take an improv class uh, before you do stand up or while you're doing stand up. Now, I know uh, some people are probably like, you know, but I'll say this, man. I got into uh, improv first before stand up and I'm I feel like I'm so much better uh at stand up because the improv like there's not a heckler in the world i'm afraid of you know what i mean like mm -hmm. so like, I, i'm not afraid of that so if if anybody out there listening or if anybody is gonna take my advice you know but uh i would say if you can afford it take some improv classes uh i think that's gonna that'll help you out in way more ways than you think uh also be yourself um if you if you if you ain't got a good home training be that on stage because it's funny all right <laughs> like, <laughs> <laughs> If you if you can't read uh, without using your finger, go ahead and do that on stage because it's funny. Like, <laughs> like just be yourself. <laughs> uh, 
Yeah. Sabim, did you take any improv classes? Oh my God, that's so weird. Yeah. Dario, I took improv too. But yeah. it's because um, so I took improv at Second City because I so I wanted to start doing stand-up, but I was like, oh my God, what if I'm not funny? Like, what if I don't know how to do anything? And so I just took a few improv classes and I was like, oh yeah, no, I'm not awful. I'm not bad. <laughs> <laughs> I'll survive it, you know? And like after like I took and it was like therapy. Like I would look forward to improv every weekend. First of all, because there was a really hot guy in my class. Second, um, <laughs> like he was, he was not single. I found out at the end of uh, the first uh, quarter or whatever A level. But anyway, it was just like <laughs> it was just like therapy. It was just like you just like walked away like feeling good after every class, you know? Because like you have to like really just like because they have you just like not think and you're just doing. And I was like, I love this. And then I did open mics, and I was like, oh yeah, I like this. But I was happy to find out I was funny. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Yeah. Steve, what about you, buddy? I love that. Uh, like, I agree with all the that I did because I feel like the believe in yourself thing has been like the biggest thing for me. If somebody had just told me that they were like, look, go out and like mess up as much as you can because like a good show, a bad show, all of these are going to make you a better comic. And, and then, uh, and don't worry about like, it sounds funny, but I, I try to I try to say this because I try to believe it, too. It's still I have to remind myself every day where it's like it doesn't matter if I have a good show, bad show. I'm still me. I'm still great. And uh, and just go out and work and get it done. So I don't know if that makes sense, but but like just oh, believing yeah. in yourself so much that you don't even care what the audience thinks i know that sounds weird because it's like a lot of people are like i kind of care what the audience thinks <laughs> i feel like uh i feel like if I, I i try to figure out what they think of me too much i'm wasting my time up there and like i'm trying to please them where now i'm just like oh i'm just gonna do what i think is funny and if they don't think it's funny that's fine if they do think it's funny great come on board and uh, don't worry about the rest of the people, you know, just worry about what you think is funny, believe in yourself kind of stuff, and then go with it. Thanks. So I think uh, the, like, just be yourself. It's a lot of people say it, but it, it doesn't really resonate until you find that of, because uh, I remember when I was starting in Chicago and uh, Sabine Madario saw me going through the open mics and like I got to a point where I really was caring about what the audience who were comics. So you guys know how that is uh, thought. And so I was like, I got to keep pushing the bar. And I would come up with written bits that were just like, you know, I have a, a bit on Spirit Airlines and like there's nothing. I've never flown on Spirit because I hate it. Uh, <laughs> but I have a whole bit that I wrote out. But there's not really any of me in it. And it was like, I felt like I had to do that. Mm -hmm. And then it was actually this year with the virtual stuff that I've been like, no, I can be me all the way. Uh, and like, if I find it to be funny, someone else will find it to be funny. And just remember that because as a comedian, you go through the open mics, I'll grind you down. Like Sabine and Dario mentioned, like I went through the improv and it was fun and I enjoyed it. And I was like, oh, I'm funny. And then I'd go to an open mic at a sh shit bar and be like, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. And then it was like, all right, when that transition of like, I don't need to have a bit of like, oh, wow. Like just be me and express my point of view with punchlines, which I, that's a very valuable lesson. I wish someone had told me uh, uh, when you're uh, going to uh, express your opinion, 
put the punchlines in there. Don't just soapbox away. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, Dario, you just raised your hand on that one, buddy. No, I, I was I was giving you the finger like that's a key. Um, you know what? You know what? I, I, I'm sorry, as you hear. I live in the hood still. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> truck stop. What's going on? <laughs> hey, uh, hey, look, man. I brought like, Look, if you see me doing this during my set, anytime. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I know no, you're on the north side now. Look, hey, <laughs> this, is, this is the north side. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, I was gonna say um, uh, about that, like be yourself type of thing, um, and, and like, like thinking you funny. So one thing, I'm a storyteller. More, more, my jokes are more storytelling. And uh, somebody told me, rather, I kind of found out. I was like, man, if I want to be funny a lot, uh, I gotta have a joke. Like almost every sentence gotta be a like gotta have some kind of funny part to it. So I remember after I did my first uh, open mic, it was trash. I'll never do it again. I got it. <laughs> <laughs> like, I got it on video. I can't even look at it. Uh, but uh, I, I, when I went back, I looked at my jokes and I was like, no, this line got to be funny. I literally went line by line and tried to make every line funny. And uh, that's something that like as a storyteller, because there's different types of comics. When you're coming up, you don't even know who you are. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> when, you, when you're telling jokes, you don't know who you are, or what you're going to be. Um, but like once I found myself, I was like, look, let me just make this better. Because I was thinking, look, I'm not trying to bomb again. <laughs> so I'm not, to, <laughs> I'm not trying to do that again. So that's what I changed up. And that's a, that's another bit of advice. Yeah. It's like, a, it's like kind of the second question I gave you guys. Like, what's a hard lesson you had to learn early on? And any of you can take it. Just well, I, mean, I think that this has to do with what we're talking about uh, very much so. But I, I think I... Like, I, I feel like I turned comedy kind of... It was just an obsession early on. And I feel like... Um, I did, I feel like I was doing all the motions and like, it's good to do open mics, but I think, I feel like in Chicago, maybe there was a lot of pressure to be at every single one all the time. Mm-hmm. And I think that it wasn't that beneficial after a while. Cause it's like, you stop like focusing on like your day to day and like, you're like living life. And then you just get caught up in like, I got to just the, the number of open mics versus the quality and um, that that's where I would get stuck because I would stop like writing good stuff. I would just, well, I mean, I wouldn't have anything to write about. I was just like doing mics over and over and over again to prove that like I'm out here hustling, but it's like having that. I mean, if you look at it, it as a business then you should have a work-life balance with it, you know? And it's like, that's where I, that's why I was like understanding what you were saying, Eric, about like have, it's a business. And I'm like, yeah, like I have to look at it that way. It's, but it was such an unhealthy obsession in the beginning. And later on, I realized, no, you can have your relationships with people and like, go be a person and do comedy and you can still do all the things, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so that's yeah, the thing yeah. that I learned a little bit later. But yeah. No, no, it's, it's knowing, knowing your self-worth and, and being able to say no to shows. Cause in the beginning you think you got to do everything. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and some shows are not good. Some shows. Are not, I remember I, I went with a friend of mine. We, he was doing some open mic in Brooklyn. He was like, yo, come with me. We'll probably get you on. And I went with the intention of like, oh, I'm going to get on this show. And when he got on, I'm talking about everyone was getting heckled, like from the back of the room. Cause it was so dark in the back of the room. You couldn't see who was heckling you. So you couldn't attack the heckler. And I just remember he went up there and he ate his balls. Like he (laughs) like so bad, like sweating and gets off stage. He goes, Hey man, you want me to put in a good word and get you some time? (laughs) No, why would you even offer me this? No, I'm good. Go ahead. That's all you, man. (laughs) You know, I had to learn that, um, you can't always feel like you deserve something. 
Um, in this business, it doesn't make sense how we get certain shows or opportunities. And coming in, uh, my background is education. Coming in with like you, you get a credential, and then you can do this, and then you get another credential, and you can do that. Like in education, you have to prove that you're supposed to be on this level. But in comedy. I had such low self-esteem in comedy for so long because I was getting job opportunities, but yet I've never been on television. And I would look on the lineup and everybody was like a character or a sitcom or they done late night or they have these incredible resumes and I'm a teacher. <laughs> I was like, uh, uh, but I had to realize like no one cares about, you know, your comparison to the people on the roster or the lineup, people just want to come and have a good time. The producer just want to have a good show. Like I had to set that feeling of that imposter syndrome of like, do I, am I worthy? Am I supposed to be here? Are they picking me because I, I deserve it? Or they just need a woman on the show or a black girl on the show. Right. You know, all those things go in your head. And I just had to realize like we're a business where, it's just opportunities are just there and your path is yours and you just embrace it. You don't have to justify it. Yeah. I, I you know, I'm going to piggyback off what she said, what Angel just said. Like, I think that's the, one of the hardest things, especially when you start comedy, you, you have the tendency, it's just human nature. We start looking at what everybody else is doing. Yeah. It becomes this weird competition with, Oh, Oh, how'd she get that? How come I didn't get that? How'd he get mm -hmm. that? And we got to realize this, everybody's path is different. Like Angel mm -hmm. said, there's so many platforms now. Like we're not in competition with one another. Mm -hmm. We like, There's room for all of us to make it so like, you know, if anybody asks for a comedian that I think Angel would be great, I'm like, boom, here's Angel or here's Steve, here's Dario. Oh, you need a Latina Sabine can fill that. I can't think of anybody. <laughs> <laughs> she's conservative. Don't forget, she's conservative yeah. though. <laughs> it's your <laughs> Dario, what do you say? What Eric just said? What's your phrase? Uh, we can all eat, I, and that was that's like a perfect. Uh, mm. <laughs> I was just gonna say, uh, Pat, you know me probably most of everybody here, man. Like uh, that's my thing, man. I got that literally written on shirts. Uh, we can all eat um, uh, because I agree. And and one of the biggest things, uh, kind of to kind of sum up both the questions and everything, what Andrew said, kind of piggyback off of that, off of Eric's too. Um, uh, you never know who you are talking to. So like, mm -hmm. if I had to like just like kind of like go through it again you just never know you should be kind of we can all eat mentality with everybody and like like eric was saying hey man it's enough for everybody to go around because um you you never know what kind of bridge you might cut if you think you you think you big macho and this whatever it is mm -hmm. and you're talking to somebody kind of crazy and, and there's your opportunity that angel was talking about you know what i mean like you, mm -hmm. you never know who you're talking about uh and it's and that's something that just outside of comedy that's just life for me you know um and, and <laughs> it came to a head because like the funny thing is this is i'm not gonna name no names but the what two weeks ago i had a run in with a pretty pretty famous uh, uh uh comedian and it was weird because i was like how the hell does this person and all it was was um they they fed off a comment off of um another just a regular ass person you know like this, just mm -hmm. some, somebody like commented and then they just used that ego and was like oh boom and just start going in and didn't even know and i messaged and, and i was like wait a minute and then that person came back and was like hey my bad and publicly said sorry to me uh in front of everybody because i think they realized wait a minute like this is like a we all work together whether we don't work together or not this is like a fraternity or sorority whatever we all in the same kind of bond here and i think we need to like understand that so we can't have these outsiders or anybody else kind of like 
gas us up to the point where we forget where we come from and who and who we are working with. Because mm -hmm. these are these are five people, you know, that I, you know, I, I met, you know, most of y'all, like three of you I haven't met, but like I don't know, like Eric said, what if I run into y'all, man? You know, <laughs> I got mm -hmm. I don't know, what if you come to the shy and you like, hey, look, Dario, talk to me. And I'm I got you. You know what I mean? So yeah, you gotta watch who you talk to out here, man. Like you 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 never know, man, who's gonna like get that big opportunity or big break. You never know. <laughs> you mm -hmm. never know. Steve, you were nodding your head when some of the stuff Dario was saying, man. Oh yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that we 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 can all eat. Yeah, I think that's awesome because there there is totally room for everybody, and uh, and I think that's we do get into that weird habit of comparing each other and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I I have a hard time with that. My hard lesson to learn was like learning that. Um, like I tr I try to be very people pleaser, you know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And uh, I finally realized, oh, if I'm going to have fans, like real legit fans, some people are going to be the opposite of that. Mm -hmm. And so some people are going to hate you. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like to be like, somebody's like, I hate and you should never. And they, I had some guy today, like going off on a video that I had online, which I kind of was like, it's great, man. That means that. I'm reaching enough people for some of you to be like, I hate this. And I'm like, good. Thank you for helping the algorithm, by the way, and commenting on it. Because But like, it, it's hard because I hate being hated. But at the same <laughs> time, I'm like, oh, man, if I'm just good, you're never going to make it in this industry. Mm -hmm. If it's like you're good, then you're very forgettable. Mm -hmm. But if you're like... Some people love you. Some people hate you. You're in a really good place. Yeah. Yeah. I had to learn to do that for myself too, Steve. Like I literally love NBA basketball. And one of the things that I take away from all of their chats and locker room pep talks is that um, you got to leave that last show behind. Like that last sketch, that last post on, you know, Instagram, you cannot dwell on it. If it was great, great. Move on. Look for the next one. If it was bad, great. Move on to the next one. You know, and I learned that, you know, champions, the only reason why they're champions is because they know how to make adjustments under pressure. And mm. part of that is leaving behind what just happened. And I used to harp on bad shows or a bad audition, or I forgot this. And I'm, and I'm one of those people who are new, relatively new to the, the business. So I don't know a lot of people when they walk in the room. So I'm just going to go up to you and say, hi, I'm Angel, your name. And they're looking at me like, you don't know who I am. And I'm like, oh, I wasn't supposed to say that. Sorry. But I'm like, no, I'm not sorry. I don't know who you are, ma'am, sir. So introduce yourself to me like <laughs> or not. Right. But it's one of those things where we have to remember that you got to just let stuff fall off in this business or you, your, your voice as a comedian just gets stifled. Yeah. Also, uh, if I could just jump in real quick uh, on Steve and Angel. Uh, if anybody watching this is going to start doing comedy, do not, do not read comments ever. <laughs> don't read the comments. Don't read them. Yeah. They're going to yeah. progressively just get worse to a point where you're like, I don't even know what's happening. It's like, great show. So funny. Who's this Mexican? I hate black. And you're like, whoa, what happened? Like, how do you write? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't read them. I'll read the comments. Uh, if uh, Steve, I want to ask you something. You said that you still struggle with it of like, 
the worrying about what other people are doing. What's what have been some things that have helped you through the years get past that? Uh, man, I don't know. I, 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 <laughs> I would love to have something. I'm like, mm, uh, just <laughs> like a weighted blanket, I guess. Just, uh, no. I have one of those. Yeah. Well, I, do, I have a comment though. Um, real quick. We're like, yeah. I have the same issue as Steve. Mm. Um, well, I mean, we all kind of have that, right? Like mm-hmm. I am always comparing myself. I, I, that was a big issue for me where I'm like, oh, everyone's getting stuff. I'm not getting anything. Like, why didn't I get that? This must mean I suck. And I would just take things so personally and like mm-hmm. just realizing that you literally cannot have the same path as any other performer. That helps me a lot. Mm-hmm. Like I could never, like everyone's career is so specific. I feel like as to what yeah. you're doing because of, because of all the outlets, you know, like maybe this comic is going to like you know, be more of like an actor and comedian. And that's like a totally different path than like this person who's just a club comic or like this. So it's like just recognizing that like no one can be me and then I can't be anyone else or have their journey. Like that helps me be like, okay, well then just compete with yourself. Cause that's uh-huh. truly all mm-hmm. you can do. Mm-hmm. For that's sure. Weirdly, I think find out a lot more about yourself as you do this, as mm-hmm. like, I really think stand up should be a thing that everybody tries at least once just to have the introspection that happens because of it. And uh, like it's it's weirdly helpful to feel an audience judging you. That sounds yeah. harsh, yeah. but it makes you put yourself in these spots. Mm-hmm. Um, but then ultimately, hopefully it makes you put yourself in the spot where you're like, oh, I actually don't care what they think. I believe mm-hmm. in me. Um Angel was talking about AGT uh, and stuff and it's like TV stuff is tough because they Mm -hmm. always want somewhat of a caricature sometimes that I remember they asked me that too. They go, well, they said, uh, what's your, what's your hook? And I'm like, oh, uh, I'm a comedian. And they're like, yeah, but like you, what's your thing? Like, would you got to have a thing besides just being a comic? And I'm like, oh, I like to tell stories. And they kind (laughs) of were like, no, no, no. Who died? Who like what? And I was like, I don't know. I, don't, I, don't know. <laughs> I like got too much in my head about it. And and uh, and then I talked to other friends who did America's Got Talent and they go, oh, yeah, they always say that. Ignore mm-hmm. it. Just go have a fun time. Do your stuff. Mm-hmm. Be funny. It doesn't matter if you have some sort of sob story. Just be funny. And I was like, oh, mm-hmm. OK. I panicked because I could. I was like, oh, I actually have had it a good life i feel like i've had i haven't had a sob story and i i panicked that i didn't and i was like oh maybe i'll do it in a maybe i'll do it in a year when something bad happens <laughs> like, just, so glad you said that because i was so success shamed the other day with the green room with comics because i don't have a story being homeless and sleeping on couches i've always worked <laughs> i went to college yeah <laughs> like <Yeah>. oops <laughs> I was like, like, I'm success shamed. I'm sorry. I don't deserve to be here. You're right. I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, I had a good family. (laughs) Oh, and guess what? I had two parents and they were married. Oh, <laughs> you, you once you start seeing like the contestant, you're like, Oh, that person's gonna win. Oh, he, yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm out. Listen, I'm out. I'm out. This guy's He's gonna hobbling around on one arm, not even two legs. <laughs> 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 I, 
Yeah. Listen, Angel, I only had one parent just because of the artificial insemination, which just makes it even worse. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you had a mom who could afford that? Yeah. Right, right. She had insurance. Yeah. <laughs> really? <laughs> Oh my gosh, <laughs> guys! We got about ten minutes here. Uh, <laughs> Pat is dying, Pat, because you know it's true. Like every comedian, once they become like a celebrity, here comes the sob story, and it's like I panic. I have a little anxiety because I'm like, what am I gonna say? I gotta make up stuff, and then my struggle is not gonna be as real, you know, or, or <laughs> relatable. Like yeah. my struggle. I went to private school all my life. Nuns are just the <laughs> devil yeah. an all boys school growing up yeah <laughs> it's uh you know angel it's interesting you say it like you're around people you say you got success shamed uh really this year you guys have done lots of virtual shows and you guys are all very talented and i and just in con uh, continuous awe of all of you uh but with the virtual shows this year for me of like you know i went from a dude running backroom bar shows in Chicago, it's like now running virtual shows of like some of some significance and like working with comedians who have been 30, 40 years of like winners of everything, you know, America's mm -hmm. Got Talent, Last Comic Standing, Showtime mm -hmm. H, blah, blah, blah. Right. And mm -hmm. like when I first started putting these shows together this year, I was in total reverent awe of everyone. And then I started working with some of the people and I was like, why am I in such awe of these people? Cause they're awful. And <laughs> you know, and that really helped me. I'm like, mm -hmm. if you want to get over being starstruck, work with people and see there what they're like individuals. Mm -hmm. And you're like, mm -hmm. Oh, maybe just being a nice person actually does go a long way. And like some people are like, Oh, okay. Like I don't, wow. I, why did I put you on such a pedestal? And that really helped me of get over that hump of, wow, they're so amazing. I'm like, no, this person's an asshole. <laughs> Wildly, their emotions are like Claire Dane's character in Homeland. Like, <laughs> and they're older than I am. And I'm like, how is this acceptable behavior to you as a person? And so going back to what Eric said at the start of the second half of the show of treat it as a business and respect other people is so important Wow. Yes, Eric. It's like totally right, man, because I've been running these shows and I encounter people. I was like, you're 55 and you're like famous, but like you're an asshole, dude. I don't want to <laughs> do that or, you know, so anyways, I just I, I really get up, uh, you know, just I really resonate with that. And it's helped with like realizing, oh, just in what Sabine was saying, I'm me. I'm I'm I. What is the right thing? <laughs> there's only one Pat. Uh, there's only yeah. one Sabine. Angel, Steve, Dario, mm -hmm. Eric, and like no one else. And we're going to have people who enjoy what we say. And we're going to have people who don't enjoy what we say. And how do we handle when they don't enjoy it? Because those actually end up being the funnier stories for the people who do enjoy what we have. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I know, well, like, I, 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 I'm so with you, Pat, but I just feel like, too, a lot of times in your position, when you are a producer and a comedian, if comedians have never produced their own projects, they can't understand how sending back a document quickly helps the producer have a better day or you responding to messages and things quickly because if you know a lot of them just think like the world you know as as entertainers you know the world evolves around us right 
But until you start producing your own projects and seeing what a voicemail and a phone call and a return or whatever, it makes a huge difference, hmm. you know? Dario, you're a huge producer, man. <laughs> oh, Are you snapping? <laughs> hey, hey, look, that's a word. That's all I know. Uh, <laughs> look, Pat, no, uh, well, I produce, what, three different shows in the city right now. And my goodness, everything you just said, if people just responded quickly. Yes. Like, like, just, just res- sometimes just respond at all. You know what I mean? Like, just, like, just respond. <laughs> like, that'll make my life... And, I don't know. I don't want to get on my soapbox with that, but like, yeah, yeah. That's, Listen, we're in, a, we're in a world where everybody got iPhones, Apple Watches. You get, you're not sending a letter? Just you got eight notifications. Right. You mean to tell me your phone ain't in your hand right now? You mean <laughs> something? Why the text message say red, though? It right, said right. red. <laughs> like, I know you saw this. Yeah. I see you tweeting right now. You tweeting. Yeah. I saw the bubbles. I saw yeah. the text bubbles pop up and then no response. Come hey, on. And I'm going to take it a little further. Don't play with me. You know you got an Apple Watch. That, that thing goes straight to your to your wrist. Go on. Come and talk to me. You know what I mean? Like, let's go. Oh. Yeah, but see, people don't realize that's part of your business etiquette and your business reputation. And a lot of times, like Pat was saying, you'll be in awe how funny and how talented people are. But when you have to work with them on the business end, the stress is not worth their talent. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, it's just not worth it. And a lot of times you're like, let me just work with people who are more reliable and have a, a better business etiquette versus somebody who could draw a crowd or fill up the seats because your peace of mind matters too. Yeah. Um, I, I'll say this is uh I know I know Pat, we kind of short or whatever, but um man, look, this is Pat, you Pat is my guy. You know what I mean? Like I I, I love Pat to death. And I'm gonna just tell all y'all right now, y'all don't understand how much I needed this. And people that's watching this right now, like like uh this is a bit of a sentimental moment because like like I was I was on my verge of like just losing it you know what i mean like but mm-hmm. like this is this is literally for the comics by the comics of the comics uh man i look just thank y'all for everything you're saying i'm gonna i'm gonna tweet about this uh after we get off uh so <laughs> yeah it's like therapy this is like comedy yeah. therapy this feels yeah. good to just like listen i'm just like absorbing it i'm like oh my yeah. god yes angel yeah i get it okay. <laughs> i just started producing a show and I, I have produced in chicago too and i'm like trying to do more stuff in new york and i'm like i'm like yeah it, it like i i it makes me look at myself and I'm like, I need to be quick on emails too. Like yeah. I could be better. <laughs> I'm like looking at myself. I'm like, I've been awful. I got to work on this. <laughs> Confessions. We have been saying of like, have a business etiquette. And, uh, and for the viewers who don't know, comedians, you guys do know, I was in the business world and then I left that. Um, I did learn a lesson about not being uh, business etiquette in with the shows. And what it was is there's a place in Chicago called the comedy bar. And I would go to the comedy bar and I would just be a comic who would just go there to watch other comics and kind of be around and hang out. And in the business world as a salesperson, if you want to be a successful salesperson, what you do is you go to your client and you say, hi, this is your problem. This is how I can fix it. This is why you need to work with me. And you create a whole thing. Well, that's, that's not a great thing to do to tell a producer, this is what's wrong with your show. This is what I can do to help you. And so I would go and, you know, I don't want to, I'm not knocking any comedians. There were a lot of great comedians, all from the Midwest. 
And the comedy bars in downtown Chicago where they get a great international crowd, people from New Zealand, London, South Africa. So when the hosts of the show would try and do crowd work, where are you from, sir? I'm from South Africa. Cool. How about you? (laughs) (laughs) Just come on. You got to you got to do something. You got to talk about it. And and so I, (laughs) being the brand new comic, uh, reached out to the booker of the comedy bar and said, hey, I've noticed that all the hosts that you book are all from the Midwest and they have zero international experience and you have an international crowd. I have spent the last 10 years of my life traveling around the world. I can help you. Well, no response. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so you don't tell a producer of a show how to run their show. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lesson I had to learn. Uh, but that goes back to what we were saying earlier, because uh, Pat, like one of the first times me and me and Pat met, uh, he came and did that same thing to me. Uh, but the difference is, is like, yeah, I, I did look and I was like, man, what is Will Ferrell talking about? But I was like, <laughs> <laughs> but, but at the same right, time, buddy. yeah, but at the same time, I was like, yo, he's right. I mean, like, let's, let's try this thing out. And like, we, we were friends from day one and like, but, but the approach was different. I think how you talk to people, like how you, who you talk to, you know what I mean? Because like some people are going to take, take, uh, take. Uh, criticism better than others uh, and that's not even criticism that's just trying to make it better you know what I mean but like some people look at it differently you know um, kind of like what Steve was saying I mean like you gotta you gotta know that as much as many people like you there's gonna be people that don't like you you know and like that was if you can't take things with a grain of, grain of salt probably not for you anyway uh, so I don't know but like it's I don't know I got my opinions about comedy bars <laughs> I'm, a, I'm, a, <laughs> I'm a what's what Steve, you've been nodding a lot, buddy. What's uh, yeah, what yeah. Doing? Well, it's funny because yeah, that's funny that Dario said right at the end. He's like, I got my opinions about the comedy bar, like, and and I don't remember who said it, but you don't. I think it was Eric. Where it's like you don't have to do every show too. Uh, where it's like there's some shows because like I live in Utah right now. There's no. It's like I got three clubs here that are good that I know the owner, and then there's. Uh, I got to drive miles and, and do these awful, I don't know if you've heard of triple runs or whatever, but it's just bar gigs. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And, and they're bad. Like nobody I've done shows where, where it's like, Hey, and the whole crowd's talking and they're all hanging Mm -hmm. out. Cause there's like a dance or something after the show. And they're like, we're actually just here for the DJ. And you just (laughs) do an hour. (laughs) of you just talking and no one's it's like it was good practice for zoom shows where where you're just like oh no one no one responds okay cool and you just tell your jokes for an hour and uh but i finally learned i was like you know what do as many as you can but you don't have to do all of them so like Mm -hmm. if you leave that show just feeling heavy and like uh what am i doing with my life should i be doing this don't do that anymore stop mm-hmm. doing that yeah, find you, something else you do a show and at the end of the night you go home and you open up like hotjobs.com but almost i do yeah. want to hear from every one of you and then we'll close it off what is a show that you said yes to that you wish you had said no to steve we'll go with you i'm just no particular order uh i did a show let's see i mean i've done i did a show this is really weird i did a show that was a private show for some rich people 
down in uh, southern Utah. And they it's like I live four hours away and they were even like, we'll pay for your flight. It'll be great. I was like, you're going to fly me for four hour show. And I said yes to it because I thought this will be worth it. Um, Midway through the show. One of the guys is like, hey, do you. uh, Have you heard there's a lot of swingers down here? And I'm like, yeah, I've heard that. Okay. Uh, and I'm just like trying to ignore the fact that he's asking me about this and I'm just trying to do my jokes. And it becomes clear that this guy and this group are all that they're all swingers. <laughs> <laughs> Bring some like poor little innocent comedian who's like, Hey, uh, do you guys want to want to talk about uh, getting massages? Right. And they're like, Oh, we'll give you a massage. I had to get out of there so fast. I was like, this has been great. Thanks. I never want to see you again. <laughs> I left that show feeling so like, oh, man, you got to get out of here. You got to fly home tonight, buddy. Like, <laughs> it so was not worth like anything. About that one. Me? Yeah, it was. It was. Uh, I, I felt pretty gross after that show for a long time. Yeah, it used to be. Yeah, I was saying. <laughs> I was saying oh, yeah, I that's, not, that's not bad. I, I mean, I um. I had a, well, I have a few. I mean, the, uh, I have so many. Um, <laughs> it's a lot. Of, a lot. I've said too, I said yes too many times. Like, uh, okay, there was this one. I'll just do the one. Uh, there's a, there's like a, there's this foundation. I don't want to give away the name, but like they, um, they were doing like a fundraiser in, where was it? Where did I have to go? I think I went to Texas in Houston. So they flew me out, um, paid me, um, for doing an hour they wanted me to do an hour i was a little anxious it was like maybe five years into comedy and i was like i can do this i can get away with some crowd work i'll figure it out so i actually had a friend come and do like 15 minutes before me um and open and so so i'm there he's opening um and it's like a banquet hall and like so as he's like telling his jokes like i mean everyone gets they, they serve dinner they serve dinner so everyone stands up from their tables and they're getting food and everyone's so loud and he's doing his jokes. No one's listening. Not one person is paying attention. And I'm like, oh my God, he's going to hate me. I, oh my God, I'm going to give him my back. <laughs> I'm going to give him everything that I made. Cause this is awful. And like, so he's just doing like his bits. No one's paying. It's just, it's, it's so loud that you can't even hear him because everyone's being loud. And, <laughs> and yeah. So after his time, the lady who's running the organization comes back up and she thanks him. And then she brings me up. So I'm like, hey, is everyone going to pay attention or what? And a few people are taking selfies. Like, they don't care that I'm there. Like, yeah. and all of a sudden, a few people, like, they're, they're, they're getting into it. Okay, I'm like, five minutes in, they're, like, getting into it. And I'm like, okay, cool. I got you guys. I got their attention. I'm talking. They're paying attention. And then all of a sudden, the lady who runs the organization comes back up, and she tries to take the mic from me. <laughs> and she's like, can I, have, can I have that? I was like, yeah. Mm. And, like, she takes it from me, and then she just, like, before we keep going with the comedy, I just wanted to say one more thank you to Amber for doing all of the <laughs> research and the planning for this event. And I want to thank my son for doing that. And I was like, what? <laughs> Are you kidding me? And then I look at the, my friend who opened and he's like dying laughing in the corner. And I was like, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my life. I did like 20 more minutes. No one paid attention. Um, and that was it. It was so bad. I, 
<laughs> yeah, yeah, sure. Take the mic. I'm just about to hit my punchline for thing. Yeah, I've been go ahead. It's all yours. Insanity. Eric, what about you, buddy? Uh, it's so funny. It's like hearing all these stories. It, you know, the, it, they always happen early on in your career before you know what what's bad. Like mm -hmm. as a it was like, oh, it's always that mentality. Like, I'm gonna get them. Oh, I'm good. I'm, you know what? I'm gonna, I'm gonna change the whole vibe in this room. I'm gonna get them. And uh, you know, I had the same thing where I got hired by this foundation. It was in Arizona for a. It was like a school, like the school district fundraiser. And now, now, as with my experience, I know I would have told that that young me, hey, don't don't do this. There's nothing you can do. It's gonna go sideways quick. Uh, it was at a restaurant. I was supposed to do two sets because they had two different rooms. They were like, listen, you're going to do a set in this room. Then you go do a set in this room. Uh, we rented out this restaurant. Uh, they did not rent out the whole restaurant. What they did was they rented out a section of the restaurant. So these people are part of the foundation down here in the pit. But up there, families are just having dinner and loud because they are not part of this event. Uh, that's one. Number two, they didn't have a stage. The guy goes, oh, you could just... You can stand on that booth right there. There's like a like an Applebee's booth. He goes, just stand there, and we'll hand you the microphone. You can be great. Uh, <laughs> number three, no spotlight. So I'm on the booth. No one can see my face, which is very look. There, there, there are very important things you need for comedy. Number one, you need a a quiet, controlled space. Number two, you need a spotlight so people can see just me. <laughs> they had they had one of three. They had a sound system, and that was it. Uh, so I go on and do the first 20 minute set. And by the way, when you're that young in the comedy, it was just so funny to hear some being like, oh, I have an hour, I'll figure it out. When you have, oh, I got these 20 minutes. When you're that young and things are going bad, that 20 minutes becomes. <laughs> Cause you're just, I, I, this is not working. I gotta, I gotta pull the parachute, boom, next thing. And this one's not working either. And like, I've done my entire set. I don't, I don't know what to do. Uh, so I finished that first set. I go outside because I was like, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not, I, I, no one's making eye contact. No one wants to talk to me. No one, hey, great job. None of that. Everybody's just, whew, like acting like it didn't happen. <laughs> outside. And then I see the woman of foundation. She's, she's beelining towards me and she hands me an envelope. She goes, here's your check. And I was like, oh, no, no, no. I, I was like, I, I can get it after the second. She goes, no, no, it's, it's okay. Also, I, I was going to order. I remember sitting at the menu and looking at the menu at the restaurant. Like, oh, I'm going to get, I think I'm going to get the steak tips. That's that's always a perk when you're a young comic. Like, I can I can get dinner. I'm going to get the steak. Maybe <laughs> hands me a styrofoam tray. She goes, uh, my husband will take you back to the hotel. It was a ham sandwich and a bag of Lay's potato chips. <laughs> Now, can I tell you something? I've been married 10 years and my wife is evil, but this is why I love her. Every now and then she'll, she'll turn to me like, hey, you remember that ham sandwich? And I, this is why I hope you make it back. I don't know who will. <laughs> oh, let's go uh, Dario and then Angel. Dario, what about a show that you wish you had said no to? Man? Um, here, the crazy thing is, is like, there's not a show um, that I, wish I hadn't said no to. Uh, I, everything's an opportunity to me, whether it's good or bad. Now, there's shows, hindsight 2020, there's, whole, there's shows that I didn't need to do. One of my things uh, that I absolutely can't stand, if you don't know me, that's fine. If you, if if you want to give me the rookie treatment, I'm cool with that. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll let the mic talk. 
but damn it, get my name right. Like that's the only thing. <laughs> like, if you know, like just say my name. I had this. Uh, I had th- this one show that I did. Um, uh, the, the everybody had like their people that they knew. It was kind of like mostly comics, but like a lot of their friends and things that came up there. So I was on the outside looking in uh, behind the eight ball from the start. And then the uh, the host goes up and says, "This next comic is really dope. Love seeing what he's doing." And I've never met this person a day in my life. Uh, like, so everything they saying, I'm making they making this up about me right now, like on the spot, talking about how cool I am. I was like, "Where is this coming from?" And then you put your, they said, "You all put your hands together for Dario Dunham." I was was living. I was like, what the hell? So my first, my first two minutes was like, like 30 seconds really was like, uh, first of all, my name is Dario Durham, everybody. And I don't know this person. I was like, I was like, man. And like, I probably broke a lot of rules there. Probably shouldn't have done that. But I was like, what? Nobody, nobody wanted to talk to me there. And then I get my name wrong. So like, for me, that was, I was like, man, look, so I'll never forget that show. I'm glad I did it because I got that feeling out. But at the same time, I was like, yeah, I didn't have to do that one. <laughs> like that was, that was, that was trash. <laughs> well, for me, I am a teacher, right? And I'm a clean comedian, guys, right? People think, producers think that that means I can do children. No, <laughs> children and teachers don't go together. Vinegar and water for sure. Listen to me. I went, the, the producer said, oh, it's going to be teachers. That, yes, I do teacher conferences and adult teacher stuff, right? I get to the place, y'all. Teachers were there uh, sitting in the gym with their students and their classes. <laughs> and we were supposed to go and make these people laugh for 15 minutes. No, I don't have any material. That a 17-year-old find funny. <laughs> they are dating. They're doing well. There's they, they don't have weight issues. They don't have, you know, they haven't been hurt. They haven't been, <laughs> they haven't been working on the job they don't want. They're supposed to be childless. Like nothing. I couldn't find one topic to relate. And I literally just went inside myself. In front of that, and we in the gym, so they're all around on both sides. So I'm, I'm this way, and I just went inside myself and just started talking to myself because I knew that nothing was relatable. So now I'm very clear to make sure: uh, is everybody over eighteen? Because I do not make children laugh. Okay. <laughs> oh, it's incredible. Well, everybody, uh, listen, just in no particular order, just from what I'm seeing on the screen to close out the show, if you guys want to plug anything uh, for everybody, uh, we'll start with Steve. What would you like to plug, sir? Oh, uh, yeah, just follow me on social. Just use my name, Steve Solberg. Whatever you use, uh, it's all under my name. And I'll pl- <laughs> I plug plenty of shows there. So, well, plenty. Plenty once the pandemic is done, hopefully. <laughs> <laughs> plenty of virtual <laughs> stuff with Pat. Uh, kind of the same thing uh, just follow me on I'm mostly active on Instagram uh, it's at soybean dip I'll never change that um, so follow me there and uh, I yeah and at stage fest live that's another um, I'm producing shows for for this company and it's um, it's all kind of New York based so if anyone wants to watch that virtually or come just follow me 
Yeah. Quick note, Sabim, on your Instagram at Soybean Dip, which you use as your Zoom name as well. Many times when we do our pre-show sound checks, the client will be like, I got a soybean dip here. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that's Sabim. Go ahead and let it I love that so much. <laughs> uh, yeah, Eric, what would you like to plug, sir? Uh, I have a special out right now on HBO Max. It's called Super White. Go watch Woo! it. Woo! Max, yeah. Go sign up and cancel in seven days. Uh, but the views still count. Uh, also, follow me on social, Eric Rivera Comedy, E-R-I-K, Rivera Comedy. And I say this after every show. Uh, follow all the comedians here right now. You know, we're in a pandemic. We can't perform live. The, the best thing you could do for all of us is follow us, like our posts, share the laughs. Because then when the world opens up, we'll, we'll, you know, you'll get notifications. And we'll have new fans and we can meet you and greet you and, and open mouth kiss, whatever you want to do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dario, buddy, what do you want to plug? Um, I do what everybody else is doing. Uh, Dario D Comedy on uh, all social media. Uh, I'm the most active on uh, Instagram. Uh, if anybody's ever in the Chicago area, um, I'm in the producer at Zany's now. So I uh, got one of the hottest new shows out here in the city uh, going on week four next month, uh, next week. So, um, yeah, just come uh, come see me and hang out. Let's, let's kick it. All right. Fantastic. And Miss Angel Gaines, what would you like to plug? Yes, I'm single. I'm a Libra. I'm in the LA area. We ain't gonna be playing with y'all. Y'all know we comedians. That's easy. So let's get to some serious stuff. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I am a teacher, comedy instructor at Flappers. So if you're interested in starting to do comedy or want to know a little bit more about it and try it, you know, look us up, flappers.com. And I'm level two stand up. And you can find me, angelgains.com. All right, uh, ladies and gentlemen, this is the end of the show. Uh, Angel, Dario, Eric, Sabim, Steve, I appreciate all of you. Uh, I had a great time tonight, so thank you guys so much for doing this. Uh, we got another episode next week, everybody. Uh, 7 o'clock Mountain, 8 o'clock Central, 9 o'clock Eastern, 6 o'clock Pacific. A little bit of a reorg there. Uh, but uh, performers, uh, this was just for us, really. That's it. So uh, really, thank you so much. I really do. I mean it when I say, like, I... I really respect all of you. You guys do not fall into that category of the asshole performers. <laughs> uh, and, uh, and thank you again, everybody. So uh, that's it. That's the show. And uh, audience members, thank you so much for tuning in and have a great night, everybody. See you guys. All right, everyone. Thanks for listening. Like, subscribe, share, Tell everyone you know. Until next time, I'm Pat Truer. Thanks again, everyone.